Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. I'm joined this morning by Umar. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? I'm good, TC. But let's see how I feel later this evening. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's something. It's what it is tonight. It's something. Uh, it's a game that I was going to say difficult to predict, but I feel like it's difficult to predict because I don't want to predict anything other than what the reality uh, might end up being. Because um, based upon our last three performances, it's difficult to kind of look at Arsenal optimistically right now. I'm certainly trying, uh, that's for sure, and I'm using our record against Chelsea away from home in the last couple of seasons as a reason to be optimistic but yeah it's tough it's very tough indeed good morning to everybody in the chat box hope you're doing good hope you're doing well thank you for joining us do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new umar let's kick off though with last night's result because manchester united of course who are in the top four race uh, somehow because uh, they are utterly dreadful um and that's obviously down to the fact that we've allowed them back into the race i mean imagine if we won the last three games we'd be more than nine would be nine points clear and, you know, have two games in hand. It kind of goes to show the difference between the two teams had we have taken those opportunities, doesn't it? 100%. Um, because right now, Man United have imploded. I think they're just thinking about their summer holidays. I think most of the players don't want to be there. You have Paul Pogba, who's probably played his last game in a Man United shirt, picked up an injury last night. So I don't think he'll probably be back out in a shirt at Old Trafford. And I think Manchester United right now, they've got so many problems, so many injury problems. Ralph Raniak, I think, has had enough. You saw him on the touchline yesterday and he was so frustrated by what he was seeing. And right now, like you said, I don't even know how Manchester United are anywhere near the top four race, let alone challenging for it. But I think this week is big. I think yesterday, it was a certainty that Liverpool will beat them because... Manchester United were not going to go to Anfield and pick up a win, let alone a draw. But mm. I think if we can get something from Stamford Bridge today, it's going to be tough. But I'm optimistic that maybe we can pull off a surprise if we can get a good result and we can then take it to the weekend. I think we can beat Manchester United because I think, like I said, I think Manchester United right now, they're just thinking about the summer holidays. They're thinking about next season. So we should be going there on Saturday at home at lunchtime and we should be wiping the floor with them but again it's football and these things they never work out how you think they are no they don't but to be honest i think the way that most people think it's going to work out is is nothing positive for arsenal so perhaps that we're looking for the the surprise result this evening uh speaking of this evening of course there's there's information that we've got tommy Asu back in training um there's lacazette's back in training as well after obviously missing the weekend but it's a question as to whether we risk players or even if we choose to start certain players because of recent interviews and conversations that have gone on between players. So let's start with Tommy Asu, who, as we know, has been out for a long, long time with two separate calf injuries to both calves and has been a very elusive figure in the Arsenal team. We've been promised that he would be returning for a month or so now. I remember speaking, I think it was ahead of the... I think it was the Liverpool game, um, the, the in the league game anyway, where he talked about him being, you know, he's in contention and we'll have to make an assessment ahead of the Liverpool game. That was over a month ago. And yet we're still in the same position. We're told he's very, very close. I don't think he'll play tonight. I'd be surprised if he did. And to be honest, even if he was available, I don't think I'd risk him in this game. 
Yeah, nor would I. I think Chelsea at Stamford Bridge is going to be a tough, tough challenge. We're going to be on the back foot and we're going to be defending deep for most of the mm. game, looking to try to get a goal on the counter-attack. But it's it's interesting because I was thinking out loud, imagine Tom Yasu has been in training for the past few weeks, but they've not. he's not been in any pictures, but he's been working because Mikate was continually reiterating that Tom Yasu is close, Tom Yasu is close. So it, it must mean that he has been training in these past few weeks, mm. but he's not been pictured. And yesterday, he said he's very, very close. And he saw him being pictured finally in training. He's mm. back. But again, it depends how fit he is, how how ready he is. But I agree with you. I think Chelsea is going to be a different, just tough, tough opposition. And I think him being on the bench is a big boost anyway. So... If he's fit, if he's ready, don't risk him. Think about the next game on the weekend against Manchester United at home. That's the game mm-hmm. I'll be targeting. So for tonight, I think let's uh, revert to a three at the back. I'm not going to speak too much because we've got a team predictor stream coming out mm-hmm. at lunchtime today. So um, myself and Guy, we've basically, yeah, we've gone for a different formation for today's game because I think we have to stifle Chelsea. And like, like I said earlier, we're bleeding at the moment and we have to stop the blood. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we do need to cauterize what's been going on here at the moment. Speaking of Chelsea, I mean, what do you make of them this season? Because they spent £100 million on Romelu Lukaku, of course, and he's barely played. Tuchel's been able to, in the last kind of month or so, revive Timo Werner's career seemingly as well. Obviously, he scored against Real Madrid. Uh, has been good for them in recent weeks, playing off of Kai Havertz, who's been playing through the middle. Has, have they turned a corner or do you think this is kind of, you know, they're in a bit of a, a purgatory state at the end of this season. They're too far off of the, the title challenges, but they're probably too far away to worry about falling out of the top four. So is there a is there a strange lack of motivation in, in that Chelsea team for tonight? Do you think there's, you know, they haven't really got that same motivation as maybe Arsenal do? Yeah, I agree. They don't have the same motivation, but when you have a coach or manager like Thomas Tuchel, he will not allow it. He won't allow Chelsea to be thinking that. Look what happened a few weeks ago. They got beaten by Brentford and the response was great. He 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 expected much, much better. And then since then, they've been firing. They beat Real Madrid. They advanced into the FA Cup final. So I think on paper, we've got much more to play. But Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, He'll be wanting to beat Arsenal. It's a London derby. It's in front of their fans. Mikel Arteta has got one over on him last season. Mm. And as a winner, as a manager who wants to win, Thomas Tuchel will be out for revenge. So we can't be thinking, oh, we've got more to play for. Chelsea are going to be not the Chelsea of past months, but it's still going to be a difficult game. And... Maybe there's a lot of injuries as well in the Chelsea setup. Matteo Kovacic won't be playing tonight. There's a lot of doubt to players like Kai Havertz. So we could be seeing Romelu Lukaku up against our defence. Mm. So again, it's going to be a test for our defenders. So I think, like I said, we have to just be in the game. We can't be conceding the first goal. Because if we concede the first goal, I think it's more than likely that we're not coming back, as you've seen this season. So we have to be in the game throughout 60 to 70 minutes. And like we've done last season... We defended very well at Stamford Bridge and we got the goal by Smith-Rowe. So a similar performance tonight and yeah, I'd bite your hand off for it. 
Yeah, obviously you've got the team predictor coming out with with Guy a little bit later on, so I won't ask you about kind of your predicted lineups and stuff. From my perspective, though, I want to see a return to a back three. Personally, I think that's obviously the formation that we went for last time around, and I think it was holding Marie and Gabrielle that started in that back three with Tierney and who was the right wing back? Was it Bellerin that played in that game? I can't remember who it was playing right yeah, wing back. I think so. Yeah, it was either him or Maitland-Niles that would have been the right wing back yeah. position. But yeah, uh, it, was, it was such a long time ago now when you think about it. But I think it's I think it's the time to bring that back. I kind of look at these last seven games, as we have been saying, as cup finals. And if you look back to when we won the cup in 2020, that's the formation that we used. We went to that 3-4-3. The issue is with that 3-4-3 is who kind of makes up the forward line. In my predicted lineup on, on, on some other channels talking about it was... Martinelli, Smith-Rowe and Saka as kind of the front three. I still put Cedric in uh, at right wing back just to give us kind of a little bit more defensive security. It, it does mean that Erdegaard drops out though, which seems mad because, you know, he's been such a consistent performer, but I just can't fit him into this lineup if I play Cedric. Obviously, you could move Saka to right wing back and put Erdegaard on kind of the right-hand side. That'd be fine. But I just feel like Cedric for his defensive security may be needed more so than Erdegaard in this game on a counter. And especially if you're on a counter, you want as many fast, rapid players up front and Smith Rowe, Martinelli, and, and Saka. We know I've got the pace to run in behind. Lukonga and Xhaka in the middle. Tavares playing at a wing back position. So you've got kind of that width and that uh, he gets the added security of, of holding Gabriel behind him. So that's what I would go for. It's going to be really difficult, though, to to get anything from the game as we know but we just got to keep our fingers crossed that we will let me uh, let me get a prediction from you Mar, uh, in terms of a scoreline what are you going to go for it's funny because I'm just thinking out loud like I won't, I won't reveal too much but mm. it's like great minds think alike in terms of our predict- predicted lineup <laughs> like mm spot on so it's, it's it's quite good but i think it's going to be a difficult game i think if we revert to a back three and Mikel arteta thinks about stifling this chelsea setup i think we can get a result because he's shown before that when it comes to big games and when they need the result he can put out the bag and they need the result today so i'm gonna go optimistic because I'm crazy, but I think we can we can get a good result. I think we can get a draw at Stamford Bridge, but mm. I think it all depends on the formation. It depends out about how we stifle Chelsea because it's it's going to be a tough game. But one one. I I've gone for a very optimistic one nil win, copying last season's uh, scoreline. I just. It's just so Arsenal that we would lose to Southampton, Brighton and Bradford Palace and then beat Chelsea. It's just such an Arsenal thing to do. Our record at Stamford Bridge recently has been decent. But yeah, look, it's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be uh, a walk in the park. What I would say is that the difficulties that we've had against Brighton and Southampton is that they've dug in. They've sat in and we've just been unable to take our chances because there's too many defenders. Mm-hmm. It's a different game tonight. Chelsea are going to attack us. They're going to come at us and there's going to be more space for us to hit them. So I'm hoping that that gives us a smaller, a small glimmer of hope uh, in tonight's game. Um, let's have a look at the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Uh, Morgan says, hi, Umar and Tom. Three games ago, I would have reluctantly taken the defeat. Now, after periods of total inept play and zero points, it's a draw as an absolute minimum. Uh, Bill Papajorju says, hey, boys, I'm a lack of supporter, but he has, hasn't scored since December. 
from open play. Uh, I'd like to see Martinelli and Pepe up front. I hope Eddie isn't given another chance. He hasn't scored all season. Jesse says, please, we don't have to rest any players for now just because we need all of these games. We have lost three in a row. Both Chelsea and Man United games are big games. So what's the reason for us to rest players? Uh, Juice is up the gunners. Today's game is going to be a draw. If only Mikel will start some hungry players like Pepe and Holding. Let him rotate the team. Habibu says, I wish my beloved club all the best. Gunners forever. Love to see the positivity in the chat box this morning, people. Plenty more positive comments. String, though, asking about what's going on with Partey. Obviously, he was pictured on his Instagram working very hard on his bike. Um I still think it's very doubtful we'll see him again this season. It's part of the rehabilitation process. Seeing him on an exercise bike is is great in the sense you see he's active and working back, but that's not any indication he's returning soon. You need to see them outside and running. You need to see them with the ball. You need to see them working to have any hope of seeing them back soon. So whilst it's positive to see him working and rehabilitating, it's yeah, it's still very much a long shot. King saying, I fear 2-0 Chelsea, but I hope that we can nick a 1-0 to the Arsenal. Jeff joining us from Liberia in West Africa and also Jeffrey joining us from Kenya and Nairobi in particular. Fantastic to see how global it is that you're tuning in from. Drew saying January he did nothing. Edu and Mikel rather hoping on Vlaovic and they got options to take players but they failed to. Now look at the table. If Lacquer is fit, starting and Smith trying something new. That kind of final topic, Umar, I haven't really spoken to you. We, we did obviously that transfer video, if you remember back in January, that people really enjoyed that we did. We didn't sign anyone. Do you, and I've asked the Bailey and Chris, of the three big factors as to why our season's kind of collapsed, I put them down to one, injuries, of course, two, our tested decision-making in a number of games like Southampton and Brighton, and three, the lack of January business. Which of those three do you look at as the main primary reason as to why i know they're all like factors in this but which is the main one for you i think it's goals honestly i think it comes down to goals. so it's option number four yeah (laughs) number three slash number four but i think when it comes to top four races in the past you've seen it doesn't really always matter about being the best team when arsene wenger used to get us into the top four it was because of our attack. Our defence was not the best, but our mm. attack used to score goals and goals and goals. And I think it's the same this season. I think you see Tottenham, the defence is not that good. They have Christian Romero, who's been playing decent, he's been playing well. But aside from that, it's the strikers who have been doing the job. Mm-hmm. Hyung Song, Harry Kane. And with Manchester United, the only reason they're up there is because of Cristiano Ronaldo's goals. So for us, if... Like Eddie and Ketia, he's, he's not really a good option, I think. Um, and Alexandre Lacazette, we've, we've discussed on this stream and so many times in other streams about his limitations, what he doesn't offer this Arsenal side. So I think Mikel Arteta and Edu must have seen that. They must have recognised that. But mm. they didn't account for it. They didn't pull the trigger because an opportunity presented itself in the top four race. And like Liverpool, you saw... Um, they wanted Diaz this summer, but they brought their recruitment forward to January because an opportunity presented itself in terms of the Premier League, Champions League. And Jurgen Klopp says, I want this player because he can make the difference. And I think sometimes teams do that because when you smell an opportunity, you have to take it. And I mm. think Arsenal had the massive opportunity in January. They were flying. They had everything. Everyone was optimistic. We had a full, fully fit squad. But always in the back of our minds, we know as Arsenal fans, we knew 
if Alexandra Lacazette's goals dry up, if Eddie Nketiah is the second option, we're going to struggle and it's, it's come to fruition. So I think for the, for me, it's the goals. I think if we had the striker who's going to score goals continuously, I think the injuries to Thomas Partey and Tini would make a difference. But I think as like Southampton on the weekend, we played okay, but we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. So that was the reason we didn't get anything from the game against Brighton as well. We were poor, but if we had a couple of chances to score goals, we, we could have won that game. So I think it, it comes down to, yeah, Mikel Arteta and Edu not getting a striker in January. Yeah, I, I do agree. Uh, I think that the issues are is that people highlight that there wasn't really that many options out there to sign. I disagree personally. I yeah. think, that, you know, there were, I think... People talk about Val Veghorst, who went to Burnley. I always say that a six-month loan deal for him, he offered something different. Yes, he's only scored two goals for Burnley since moving, but at Arsenal, it would have been a very different scenario. We've created lots of chances. We've just not taken them. And also, he's aerially very good, and we could have offered him certainly more service at Arsenal than he's seen at Burnley. Arta Cabra, who went from Basel to, to Fiorentina to be the replacement for Dusan Vlaovic again. He's only got a couple of goals in Serie A this season, but you have to put him into this Arsenal setup. How different would it have been? We we don't know. Christoph Piatek, who also, also joined uh, Fiorentina as well, another player who joined on loan, uh, offers something differently and, and characteristically. Alvaro Morata was really shot down by a lot of Arsenal fans in January as well, but to be honest, if you're saying, would I rather Eddie and Ketia start or Alvaro Morata for six months, I would have absolutely taken it. If you would have had that conversation with him to say, look, yeah. you're going to be our starting striker for six months, I'm sure that he would have been open to that. It yeah. was just, they talk about not panic buying, and I get that, and I praise that, but hmm. there are options that we could have gone for, and that's ultimately let us down. Yeah, Luka Jovic, another option, potentially we could have bought on loan for six months, but like you said, there was, yeah, there was options there. Like Alvaro Morata, I would have taken him, to be honest, for a six-month loan deal. Mm. He has his limitations, but his movement in and around the box, at least he makes the movement to get into goal-scoring opportunities. Yeah. Like Even Kulisevsky, yeah. like who joins yeah. like He can exactly. play in a centre-forward position as well. Yeah, There was options there, Tom. Um, but like you said, they may have thought we don't want to panic by, but like I've said, like I've repeated, an opportunity presented itself and they didn't pull the trigger and mm. come end of the season, they could be regretting that because they have a project, they have a scenario in their heads where they want to get into the Champions League. So that's fair enough. But if you can make the project go a bit more faster and like Arteta reiterated in his embargoed press conference earlier yesterday, they asked him, like, if you get into the Champions League, how big is that? And he said, it's massive. There's no negatives. It's massive in terms of the players you can attract. It's massive in terms of the signings you can bring. So if he knew that, and if he knew that in the back of his mind, he should have gone and got someone because McCarter is not stupid. He knows Lacazette and Eddie and Ketty are, are not the strikers to take Arsenal forward. So yeah. if he knew that, he should have gone Stan Kroenke's door. He should have gone to Edu's door. He said, just get me a striker, any striker. But yeah, they didn't do that. Absolutely. Um, we're going to finish things off there uh, because, as I say, there's two more shows coming for you at least today. You've got the Predictor Show and then the post-match reaction. Bailey will be covering the game tonight, so you'll be able to see his reaction and more a little bit later. And Umar, you might be back on that one as well, maybe, depending on who's around. Um, so look forward to seeing you guys react to the game. Hopefully it's a positive reaction. Hopefully we can get a decent result. I know that optimism is 
at ground level right now, but fingers crossed we can take something from the game. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, and we will see you a little bit later on today. Keep your fingers crossed. Umar, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show. Appreciate your time, fella. Thank you, mate. Lovely stuff. We'll see you again very, very soon, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh!